Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to go where we left off last week. The last verse we read was verse 8, Philippians 2.8. And I'm going to read that one again. It's talking about Jesus. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You know, Romans, they were really good. At, I hate to use this word, but they were really good at the art of torture and death. Historically speaking, that's one of the reasons why Romans were so victorious. People were terrified of them. You knew if they beat you and you didn't give in and give up. See, because the Romans are real good about if you want to give in to us, let us put our foot on your neck, so to speak, and take over your country. You can keep your religion. You just pay us a lot of taxes. But we want your land and we want you. Romans would let you continue on. But if you fought back, they would crucify you. So the punishment from Romans, the actual Roman Empire, was to crucify people on a cross. And the crowd begged for the Romans to kill and crucify, well, to crucify Jesus and kill him execute him that way and it was a shameful death it was painful some people were up there all night before they died they had to eventually break their legs with a big hammer so that they couldn't step back up and breathe see because when you were hanging on the cross the the positioning of your body on that cross you had to kind of lean back against the cross your nailed feet there put pressure on those painful feet and step up into it and take a breath because when you're hanging like that, after a while, you can't breathe. And so you're suffocating to death. You're, you're full of pain. They've already whipped you and beaten you. It's shameful. They put people on crosses naked or in their undergarments. People mocked them. And Scripture says Jesus was beyond recognition. So that's the background to he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Why else is it a criminal's death? Not only because it's a Roman punishment and an execution, but because scripture says in the Old Testament, whoever is hung up on a tree is cursed. That's a criminal's death. So Jesus became a curse for us. And he overcame the curse. He became a curse for us. He became sin for us. So wow. Let's keep going. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's hesitate there. Say, man, a lot of people aren't confessing that Jesus is Lord right now. That's prophetic. Eventually, all the demons in hell and, and Satan and everybody and everything that can speak is going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father someday. We do it now because we're believers, but why not do it now, right? Every tongue will eventually declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. So let's keep going. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Parents, have you noticed that, I know kids give you a hard time anyway sometimes, but have you noticed kids are usually a little better at following instructions when you're there overseeing them? Have you guys ever noticed that? And then you left and nothing got done? Or they lit something on fire? Or they shaved the cat? Or, you know, I don't, I don't know. Not that they, I hope I'm not giving anybody ideas. That's terrible. Or they put the cat in a dress. 
The cat's running away in a dress. I've seen people do that. Kids, you know, little girls trying to make the cat like a baby, you know, put them in a dress and a bonnet. The cat's running away. He says, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. That's great. And he's going to take it a step further. I mean, it's amazing when kids and spiritual kids, they listen when you're not there. He says, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show what? The results of your salvation. This does not say, and I repeat, work hard for your salvation right here. Okay? In this context, it says work hard to show the results of your salvation. Show that you're saved. Be real. Be genuine. Have a different life. Can I get an amen in this house? If you accept Jesus, you're different. You should be. It says work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God. Someone say obeying God. With deep reverence and fear. Now this type of fear, does it, do you run around scared to death of God? No, but you, you know that he is a consuming fire. And you don't want to do anything to offend him. Because you know that. Remember, I've talked to you about this before. We get the word ghost from the older languages that mean guest. We get the word ghost from the same, just about the same place we get guest. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is a holy guest. So he's always with you. All right? I've even heard of people setting a place at the table for Jesus. That's up to you. Some of you are like, that's crazy. That's a good reminder that God is in the house all the time. All right? So do everything you can to please him. Serve him with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. This is great. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Hmm. Let's, hey, let's hang out there for a minute. So God is working in you. Anybody, is there anybody in this house who feels like God is working in them currently right now? He's dealing with you on some stuff? My hand's up, too. Some of y'all beat me. I should have thrown my hand up first. Man, I was thinking about that today. Someone checked in on me. They said, man, you know, you've gone through this season, and they brought up something. They know me well, and they said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good. And, and I said, I just know that God is, is working on me, and he's doing something in me. That was my response today. He's working on me. He's working to improve us, to make us better for his kingdom. He's, you say, man, I don't understand all this. Did you know without trials, you'd just be a big spoiled brat? If everything was perfect all the time, you'd expect it like that all the time. And some people are like that anyway. I, I don't get that. Man, rejoice in the high seasons, but learn to rejoice in the low seasons. Learn to rejoice in the joyful seasons and rejoice in the heavy seasons. You've all, I'm telling you right now, some of you have been through some seasons where you're like, man, I feel like I cried. I feel like I was bummed out. I feel like I was depressed. Did God put that on you? No. But you went through it because you're human, and God was working in you while you went through it. Talked to my workout partner a couple weeks ago, and we talked about, man, yeah, but when you're going through it, you sure are seeking God. He said, God, help me. Get me out of this mess. What is it? God, did you do something wrong? And God says, oh, no. Oh, no. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Ephesians 5, 20 says, at all times, praising him in all things and for all things. All the time. All the time, praise him for everything. Say, man, this is a bad deal here. Yep, just praise him. Just praise him. Because you're saying, God, I trust you. You're not evil, but things happen. I don't get it all. I don't understand it all. But look, for God is working in you. 
One translation says, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Huh. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Hmm. That's powerful, isn't it? To have the desire and the power to please God. I like this right here. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Don't raise your hand. But we do both, don't we? I am a natural, I think I'm a natural debater. And if I'm tired or struggling, I think I'm a little more contentious that way, like just disagreeing with stuff, especially if I'm struggling. And my wife will go, baby, are you disagreeing with me on everything? I'm like, no. Wait, I, wait, I just got that. I'm not disagreeing with you on everything. She's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, one of my weaknesses. And I'm not always like that, but you don't got to argue every point. They say, man, but I know the answer to that, and that wasn't what they said, and I need to let it go, man. Who cares? What difference will that make in eternity? Someone's telling a story and they say, you know, it took us three days to get there. You're like, no, it took you all 4.5, actually. Who cares? Who gives a running jump, right? Who cares? Do everything without complaining and arguing. Now, complaining? Mm, let's put that back up there if you don't mind. Complaining is something we got to work on with God's help. You don't want to be a complainer. That does not attract God to the situation. Mm -mm. You want to attract God to the situation? You do the opposite of complaining, and that's praise and worship Him. Do everything. Everything means everything without complaining and arguing. <laughs> That is a good translation. Two big, big important points there. Do it without complaining and arguing. You have a lot less problems if you're not complaining and or arguing. Let's move on. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Let's stay there a moment now. Man, is that accurate now? Is that accurate Man, they want, they want to get drag queens. Is there such a thing as a drag king? Guess not. They want to get drag queens and teach your kids. That sounds crooked and perverted to me. They want to sexualize little children. That sounds crooked and perverted. Why do those agendas, the trans and the homosexual agenda, why are they so focused and fix, fixated on children? That sounds perverted to me. You and I have to shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Are people crooked? Oh man. <laughs> I'm not I'm not proud of it, but I gave someone too much change one time. I have no idea why. I gave them credit for a payment. I think their payment was two hundred dollars and I gave them their two hundred dollars back. I don't know. I have not done that much. I've run drawers for years. I was a bank teller for a year to the day. Then I worked in finance companies. My drawer was usually balanced. Man, something happened that day. I can still remember the look on that lady's face when I told her Merry Christmas. And then I went, wait, something don't seem right. I think I gave her too much money. And I don't remember the situation of what led to that. She walked out knowing I had done that. I called her in 15 or 20 minutes, and she said, I don't know what you're talking about. The money's already spent. And I went, went ahead and added it in there. My boss forgave me, but I said, man, you, you could get me fired. And she was like, I could almost hear her shrug over the phone. <laughs> like the money came and went, sorry about you, you know. She was nice enough. And then I called back and her husband answered. He's like, no, you don't want to talk. You know, I'm like, wow. 
they got to see me again next month to pay on this thing, you know. Crazy. And I don't remember seeing her again, but I remember thinking, how crooked can you get? So one country guy, I think it was at Kenneth Hagin, years ago, you got to check him out if you've never heard him teach. Find him on YouTube. He went to be with the Lord, I think, in 2003. He's a country man. He's a teacher. He's a faith man. Just a man of God operating the gifts of the Spirit. A teacher, one of the fivefold ministry. Just a great man of God. He said, he said, you know what, man? Some people are more crooked than a dog's hind leg. You ever touched your dog's back leg? They're crooked, huh? The way God made them? They're built for running and all this, but they're shaped weird compared to your leg. A dog's back leg, all y'all dog fans, they're like, you're right, the back leg's all crooked. It's chweck. Someone said chweck. That's short for chuecle, which is crooked. Somebody told me that 20-something years ago. They said, man, this, this thing's all chweck. Okay, it's crooked. You are got to shine like a bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people, man. They're more crooked than, uh, than a dog's hind leg. Another guy said, you know what? That old man was so crooked that when he died, they had to screw him down into his grave. They couldn't even bury him because he was all crooked. They screwed him down in there. I don't know. It's kind of a weird visual. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Ms. Debbie said, that is a weird visual. You won't forget that. Stay a bright light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Hold firmly to the word of life. Man, I preach that all the time. I know I stole that from Paul and Jesus and every great man and woman of God in Scripture, but hold firmly to the word of life. You know what the book of Revelation says? Hold firmly to that which you have so that no one can take your crown. Some people are giving it away. Uh-uh. Hold firmly to the word of life. What is that? In my translation, in Matthew's version, that is keep the faith. Keep the faith. Then on the day of Christ's return, he says, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Why? Why? It goes all the way back up to hold firmly to the word of life. Everything is contingent and depending upon you holding firmly to God's word and keeping the faith. I know you've been there where you say, I want to give up. I know you've been there where you say, well, I don't know, this didn't work out like I want. Hey, that doesn't mean God's not on his throne. What it usually means is you're going through a test. Most things are a test. Most things. I remember summer of 2019. What was the title of that series? I think it was, Why Me, God? And was talking about going through tests. I got to the end of that series, and the guy was kind of a knucklehead, but I love him. At the Near the end of the series, he said, man, can you preach about something else, Pastor Matt? <laughs> Nobody else has ever told me that. He said, man, I don't want to talk about trials and tests anymore. I'm all, yeah, but you're the one. I really need to keep going, but okay, whatever. I, was, I, I, I told him, hey, I'm finishing up, not because you said, but because I'm finishing up. I have plans to go into another series. I believe it was July of 2019. Why me, God? You ever ask that? <laughs> Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, the apostle Paul says, I will be proud that I had not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Praise God. Let's keep going. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, he says. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service, is an offering to God. And I want all, he says, of you to share that joy. <laughs> the, joy of giving it, the joy of giving everything to God. He said, yes, you should rejoice, and I will share 
your joy. Give everything to God. Let your life be a continual offering to God. Romans says, a living sacrifice. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Anybody ever heard of Timothy? A couple of books in the Bible that Paul wrote directly to Timothy. First and second Timothy. And it, it, the understanding is that Timothy became the pastor at the church at Ephesus. It was a growing, powerful church. So he says, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. They didn't have telephones back then, right? I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. That's why Timothy eventually got promoted to pastor. All the others care only for themselves. <laughs> Boy, Paul, you know, you can't accuse him of not being a straight shooter, right? All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Wow. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. Hmm. Some good backstory here. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here, right? He's still in chains. He's still in prison. So he's got to find out what's going to happen to him there. And he says, and I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. He's speaking faith there. Want to see you soon. You ever had somebody you love and miss? And man, when you see them, all you can do is just give them a hug. Like, man, I miss. Man, it's been weird not seeing you for so long. Some of you have great relatives like that. Some of you have old friends like that. Some of you fellow church members you haven't seen in a while. I said, man, it's, it's crazy even seeing you. It's been so long, right? Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. Hmm. They'd sent Epaphroditus to help Paul. I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. Let, can we go back to that? I think I understand this verse more than ever now that I'm married. Because Jen and I, when something happens, it's amazing. The first thing we tell each other is, hey, I'm okay, but here's what happened. All right? And people do. It's funny. You think about that. I'm thinking, man, something happened. I need to tell my wife. I don't want her to worry about me. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can relate to that. Well, I'm telling you. You love each other. You want each other to know. I don't want her worried about me. He loved those folks so much. Epaphroditus, he was distressed that they heard he was sick. Must have been very, very, very sick, right? So we're going to go on here in the next verse. Let's keep going. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost what? Died. So Epaphroditus says, man, they heard all this. I need to go see them. Let them set their eyes on me and know that I'm okay. I'm okay. He almost died. But God had mercy on him. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. And also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. You ever had seasons like that? You're like, whoa, one more thing? How, how on earth? Come on, get through it, man of God. Get through it, woman of God. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. All right? You're going to get through it. Oh, man, I, I feel the Spirit of God. Sometimes your worries, your burdens, different stuff stacks up, but I promise you God will come through for you if you keep the faith. Keep the faith. Hold fastly to the word, hold tightly to the word of life. Because, yeah, there's seasons where you're like, Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I can do something else right now. This is crazy. It, when it rains, it pours. 
had a lady, I don't know if you guys know, um, Snow, what is that? What was that little, that little stand called? Snow Chinos or, you guys know them? Um, Sheila, Sheila Thornton. Well, I guess it was 2019, she lost her son. And then December of, I don't remember if it was December of 2020 or 2021, she lost her mom. And then just about a month ago or six weeks ago, she lost her husband. I don't know if you guys know them, but they did some caterings here for, for us. And he's just a wonderful guy, but I think he had been sick a while. And they showed up at church one Sunday. I saw him a couple weeks ago, or, yeah, a couple weeks ago maybe. And uh, she's still doing it. She's keeping a smile on her face. But, man, there are times you just, it's like one thing after another. But if God knew that you could not handle it with his help, he wouldn't allow you to go through it. Okay? So he, he knows that with his help, you can overcome and conquer all things. All right? With his help, not on your own. With his help and the good, godly people around you. So the Apostle Paul went on. He said, so I'm all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. <laughs> Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ. Huh, powerful. And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. This is so good. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Can someone get that? I'm going to stop there on this one. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. How does rejoicing in the Lord, whatever, despite whatever happens, help safeguard your faith? It keeps your attitude right. It draws God on the scene. I believe praising God brings protection. They talked about praising God gets rid of fear in those songs y'all were singing tonight. So praise him. Praise him nonstop. You say, man, I praised him an hour and the fear didn't go away. Then go for two. Go for three hours. I've heard crazy stories of people in depression and anxiety breaking loose out of hours of praise and worship. You say, I don't know if I can do that. Well, I'm telling you, some things, they won't bow to anything else but the name of Jesus and worshiping him. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. We'll begin next week with Philippians 3.1. Would you go ahead and bow your eyes, uh, bow your heads and close your eyes. Yeah, you can bow your eyes too. Bow your heads and close your eyes. <laughs> bow your heads and close your eyes. Is there anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. And if I died, I don't know where I would go. You don't have to be ashamed. If that is you tonight, please raise your hand. We'll pray together as a family. We will not embarrass you in any way. Is there anyone in this house that says, I need to get right with Jesus. I need to accept Jesus and make him my Lord. If that's you, raise your hand. And if there's no one in here, we're going to pray this prayer for those on the live stream, those listening and watching tonight because maybe someone out there needs to pray this prayer. Let's pray it. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me for my sin. I come to you as a sinner, needing your grace and your forgiveness, your mercy. Cleanse me, Lord, by the blood of Jesus. Say, I confess 
Jesus as my Lord and Savior and that he died and rose again for me. I believe it with all my heart. Save me, Lord, from hell, from sin, and from myself. In the name of Jesus. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if God touched you tonight with any part of the word, just raise your hand. Let's pray together. Any part of the word was for you tonight because it was for me. Let's just agree. Father, I thank you for your people, their love, their dedication, their loyalty to you, their faithfulness, showing up on a Wednesday night to hear your word. Father, I thank you because you're doing all these special things in their lives. You're giving them the power and the desire to do what pleases you, like the Apostle Paul said. The power and the desire to do what pleases you. Give that to all of us, Father God. We thank you for that. And we will praise you in the storm, for the storm, throughout the storm, and after the storm. We worship you tonight, God, and I thank you for working in our lives. We bless your name.